This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, in today's episode, we're going to look at how supply and demand work and some practical real life examples. I'm also going to talk to you about how to live a five-star lifestyle for a two-star cost. Hey guys, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to share a few a goal of mine. I want to hit 50,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel by January 1st, 2022, and only you guys can help me with that. So do me a favor. If you're someone that's on the YouTube channel anyway, watching the weekly videos I put out, but you happen to not be subscribed, hit that subscribe button, show me some love. After all, all that stuff is free. And if you're already subscribed, thank you for the subscription. Do me a favor, share what I'm doing with your social media community and help me promote the great things that are happening on my YouTube channel. Again, youtube.com slash Akil Stokes, each and every week, brand new trading videos for you. Now, in today's episode of the Trading Coach Podcast, I want to really follow up on last episode's topic about appearance and the idea of being frugal. And Cherry, this is a podcast episode just for you because a few days ago I left you guys with a little bit of a tease in one of our Monday Q&A session. I had, uh, I told you guys I had some hints on how to go on like a five-star vacation for like a two-star price and I just left the room without telling you, right? Um, and I got an email from Cherry saying, Akil, um, spill the beans. Um, and I started typing it up and I said, hey, let's just throw it into a podcast. But I thought it fits into this format because this podcast just isn't about trading, but it's about trading and, and, and how trading fits into your overall life. And trading and personal finance, financial responsibility all go hand in hand because I've said this numerous times. You're a fool if you think you're going to be successful at trading or if you think you're going to be able to have a grasp on your trading if you don't already have a grasp on your personal finance and you won't have a grasp on your personal finance unless you are financially educated. And I think the lack of financial education is the biggest problem that we face here in the world. Um, and that's one of the reasons we set up tier one trading to play our part, even if a small one, on helping to make a change in, in that category of the, um, the UN's global goals. But I'm always, and, and again, I'm a little bit biased when I, when I speak on this because I, I'm just a frugal person at heart, right? I, I grew up, you know, um, middle class, um, probably started upper middle class and then kind of floated down to, to lower middle class. But um, I, I, I've never really wanted anything of value in life. I never really cared about clothing. I never really cared about cars. I was kind of just, you know, sports and money. How can I play sports and how can how can I work to, to uh, make money and, and buy video games or something like that? That's, that's kind of been the whole kind of philosophy in my life. Sports, money, sports, money, sports and money. And then when I got my money, I didn't really buy anything with it. So I would just save it. Um, 
ended up coming in handy as it was time to learn about investing and get my start. Um, I had a, a good amount to start with in the stock market and I, I, I grew that pretty significantly and, and, and that helped to get me to the position where I am today. Um, but obviously when you're a teenager, right, when you're you know, building houses at like 12 and 13 years old, you're not thinking about that. You're just, you know, listening to whatever your parents say. Um, but the point is, um, you know, I, I don't, it, it's my opinion is I don't think we should live flashy lives. Um, but you also have to understand that that's where I'm coming from. And I know I don't speak for everyone. Everyone is different. At the end of the day, I never want to tell anyone what they can do with their money. Um, you should just do what makes you happy and, and weigh the pros and cons of that. Um, but I, I, I do think as we progress and, and as the internet age and the social media age kind of get stronger and stronger, it does have a bigger impact on what people view as reality. People are no longer just showing off for their best friend or, or showing off because they're trying to impress the girl or the, the dude around the corner. They have to create and really hold this image on social media if they want to be seen in a certain light. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be born and, and, and go through kind of high school and all that fun stuff and really college before social media. Um, so I didn't have to deal with cyberbullying or any of that stuff. But it, it's, it's um, you know, I've heard some stories from people that are very close to me and it's a it's a scary thing. And I can certainly understand why you feel like, hey, if, if I'm not up to date on this or if I'm not showing this type of image, um, I'm not keeping up with the trends. And we all know how school is. If you're not keeping up with the trends, if you're not really strong, mentally willed, you're going to run into trouble. Um, so people, when they get money in, they automatically want to spend it on something superficial. They automatically want to spend it on something material and not because it necessarily makes them happy, but it keeps them at a certain status level. And the other day I went to this wedding. It was an immaculate wedding and I shared some pictures and it's the, the rare time, right? Once in like every three years, I think it is, you'll see me dressed up. So the rare time you saw me in full tuxedo, black tie, you know, uh, champagne glass in hand, all of that fun stuff. My wife had this beautiful red dress on. Um, we were in this elegant place in downtown DC and it looked like royalty and, and the whole wedding looked like royalty and 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 you know you post it on social media and you get all the likes and all that stuff and, and i don't care about how many likes i get but if i did it would force me to do stuff like that more often because man it got like eight eight times more likes than my usual picture of my kid smiling or whatever it is um and we went to this wedding and um, I ended up talking to the couple about a week later, met at their house. And we were talking about different things. Um, I was learning more about, it was my friend that got married and I was learning about um, his husband. And, you know, he kind of knew a little bit about what I did from, from social media and just connected. And we were having that talk about trading and financial responsibility and all this fun stuff. And we got on the topic of, of weddings and, and how it was a beautiful wedding um, and how he did it. He, he, his goal was this, I guess. His goal was to portray a certain image, an, an image of royalty, an image of expensiveness, of classiness um, without the price. And this couple has been traveling all around the world since they got together. They've been to Egypt. They've been over to Europe. And COVID slowed them down a little bit. I think they've been over to Japan, like lots and lots and lots of places. And when you immediately look at the pictures and just the, the social media feed, it's like, man, these guys must be millionaires because they're going everywhere every week. They're going to the greatest places in the world. How can anyone afford this? 
And when talking to him more, of course, I asked that question because, you know, I, I, I like learning out. I like learning stuff. Right. I, I like to travel. I like to do fun stuff. I don't like to pay a lot of money for it. So I'm like, hey, you know, how's this working? How are you guys doing this? Let me know, because, you know, you know, we're, we're at the time where my youngest kid is getting to the age where he can really start traveling, remember, remembering things. So once COVID is lifted, list, lifted, we were supposed to do that last year. But once kind of the restrictions are really lifted, um, we want to kind of get back into the travel game. And he broke me off with some hints on travel. And he told me about how, and, and it's, it's from his experience in the restaurant industry, is his experience in the hotel business, where he kind of understands the hacks of how to make a two-star vacation, meaning that you two-star, meaning like you pay two-star prices or relatively like normal people prices, let's put it that way, how you pay normal people prices to get a five-star vacation. And I can only share a few, a few of them, but the few I'm going to tell you is, or the main one I'm going to tell you this is the the hotel hack that he uh, that he showed me, shared with me. And so, if you understand supply and demand, this is where it goes back to trading. You understand how supply and demand works. So I want you to put yourself in the shoes of you are a business owner, right? Your job is to sell seats or sell tickets or, or whatever, right? So the, your ideal goal is you want to sell out all of your seats, your tickets, your product, whatever you have, you want to sell all of it. Because let's say you have something that is, was it perishable? It goes away after the day. If you don't sell it, you're losing money. So ask yourself this question. You see the same thing in supermarkets, right? This is why the best day to shop in the supermarket is a Wednesday, right? What happens to, they put the meat out in the supermarket on, let's say a Friday before the, the weekend rush, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's been out five days. Now, fresh meat doesn't last too long. So what happens on that fifth day, right? It gets closer and closer to the expiration date. Now, if that meat expires, what does the supermarket have to do? It has to throw it away, right? It can't keep up or hopefully, I don't know if supermarkets you guys shop at, it can't keep expired meat. So it has to throw it away. If you throw that meat away, how much profit do you make on that meat? You make zero money. In fact, it's, it's all lost because whatever you pay for that meat is now in the trash can outside. So what does a supermarket do? Well, they mark it down, right? Again, Wednesday is usually the day when they mark it down. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, and that new shipment comes in Thursday night, whatever like that. They mark it down and they sell it for cheap. And then they'll mark it down the next day and sell it for even cheaper because they're just trying to get anything they can from that piece of meat. Again, if you just throw it out, you get zero. If you sell it for $2 and you're originally selling it for $6, instead of losing $6, at least you only lose $4, right? It, it, is, it is some type of win. You, you, are, you are saving something to put this in like a, a trading perspective. This is like a trail stop, right? Where the trade isn't going your way, but you're able to trail stops a little bit and you're able to get out for less of a loss than what you thought you would, right? So it's uh, if you're of tier one, you notice is the graceful exit, right? The graceful exit is a technique where if price proves, right? So we always take a trade for a reason, right? There's a reason we take a trade. Um, I was going to say obviously, but depending on what level of trader you're at and you're listening to this, it may not be obviously. Or, uh, but we always have a reason for taking a trade. Now, once that technical reason is broken, let's say a level of structure that was supposed to hold is violated, we don't have any reason to be in the trade because the reason that we were in the trade is now violated. So we're basically saying, oh, this thing is going to lose. We are anticipating a loss and whatever monetary value our stop loss represents is how much we plan on losing. The graceful exit is a technique we use where it's like, hey, 
if price action invalidates our reason for trading, but it happens to sneak back in our favor a little bit, whether it's break even or just, you know, a slight loss, we have permission to exit the trade. We can cut our losses. Maybe we get break even. Maybe we get a little bit of profit. Maybe we lose a little bit. But however you look at it, we don't take the full loss. And that is a trade management tactic to basically save what we can, make the most of a bad situation. Supermarkets do that with food, especially the stuff that expires, right? All right. So now let's look at another example. We're going to take hotels. Airplanes are kind of similar. Airplanes do some tricky things where they're they overbook and then they can they can shift flights around. But let's take hotels for example, right? A hotel has a certain amount of available rooms, right? Now, those rooms are kind of, you know, spread between different places. I think like 66% of them or 75% of them are, are, are used like for internet sites like Expedia, Travelocity, right? They have the ability to kind of book those. And the hotel itself probably holds about 33% of the rooms for its own personal booking, right? Now, just like the meat, right? If a hotel, if, if a hotel doesn't book a room for the night, it loses money, right? If a hotel has 100 rooms and it only has people um, using 90 of them, it's got 10 rooms in which that hotel is losing money, right? So keep that in mind. So here's the advice that my buddy gave me. He said, when you go on a trip, and, and you probably don't wanna do this with um, kids, right? Which took me out of the equation, but if you're solo or just adults, no kids, and of course, if you're willing to roll the dice a little bit, when you go on a trip, you only book the hotel for the first night. Right. So if I'm going on a five day trip to London, I only book it for the first night. And then what I do is after that first night, right, I, I do whatever I'm doing during the day. I'm out in the, the city doing stuff. Um, when it comes to about three o'clock, that's when you start looking for the hotel for your next night. Right. Because what happens at three o'clock? Right. When it, if you ever booked a hotel, when do you typically check in? Right. It's, it's usually three at the latest. Right. So after three o'clock comes, that hotel pretty much knows how many of its rooms are booked, right? Because people have already reserved it. They're already starting to check in. Again, if we remember the concept that whatever that hotel doesn't sell is going to be a loss, right? In the loss column, what do you think it's going to start doing with the available rooms, right? We'll take the example of, again, it has 100 rooms. Let's say 90 of them are booked. Those 10 rooms, what is the hotel going to do, right? Does it want to let those rooms remain vacant? No, right? It wants to sell them. And just like that meat on the shelf, just like that trade that went against you, it is willing to take pennies on the dollars for it. So instead of booking in advance for, I'm going to stay here for five days, book night by night, but don't make your reservation until after that normal check-in time. So around afternoon, late afternoon, because what you'll notice on hotel websites, or if you call it a hotel, is that they'll start reducing the prices of their room. So instead of a room costing you $120 a night, they may cut it in half to $60. Why? Because 60 is better than zero. And then you repeat that process night after night after night. Now, like everything, there's a pro and a con. Why aren't most people doing this? Well, because as human beings, what do we like? We like security. We like knowing the future. I like knowing if I'm going on an overseas trip that I have housing for five days, no ifs, ands, or buts. With this type of technique, there's always that worry in the back of your mind, like, well, what if this hotel does sell out, right? 
What if I wait till three o'clock and there are no rooms, right? What do I do then? I'm out on the street, right? And that's a very scary thing. It goes against what we want as, as humans, safety, right? On the Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, we don't have safety. Um, but that's where, you plan, that, that's where you plan in advance, right? You scout the area for hotels. You know that there are multiple ones you can check in and, and you hope that one of them has a hotel or a room available. If not, you know, um, my friends have said that, hey, that sometimes they've stayed in hostels, which um, I always thought hostels were like in the movies, right? A place Americans go to get killed and, and have their uh, their limbs uh, sold and whatnot. But apparently it's not like that in real life. So that can be a, a plan B as well. Again, probably not a good idea with kids. Um, but if you're just by yourself or, you know, you and friends and your adults, not a bad way to do it. So there are some hacks on traveling again, and, and you can stay in these pretty cool places for a fraction of the cost. You can go ahead and post your social media pics and let the world see that you're living this five star flashy royal lifestyle. But in real life, you're actually doing it for pennies on the dollar. You're welcome. guys enjoyed the show if you did do me a favor hit that like button give me a follow on whatever uh podcasting platform you're listening to this on also check out the free content available over at www.tier1trading.com we also have a uh two week one dollar trial membership where you can get access to some training courses our community of traders some software some live resources a whole bunch of fun stuff so head over to www.tier1trading.com explore take advantage of what's over there and i'll see you guys on the next episode of the trading coach podcast.